Hello, and welcome to the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. I am Thiago Teiro, professor at the University Medical Center Göttingen in Germany, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Professor Roy Alcalay from Tel Aviv Saraski Medical Center from Columbia University. So, hi Roy, how are you enjoying the MDS Congress thus far? I love it. It's so nice to meet people again after three years of hiatus. That's right. I think we're all missing this, right? And it's too bad the Congress is still a bit smaller than usual, but it's great to be here. And we look forward for the future to continue the conversations in person. So for you, what are the major highlights in PD genetics from the Congress? What, what would you highlight? So the question is, what do I compare it to? And I think the last MEDS in person was in 2019 in Nice. So I'm looking at what happened in the past three years, and we're learning a lot. First of all, people have accomplished a lot of things in spite of the COVID restrictions. And there is a lot of data about what people have accomplished, specifically on the observational part. We see that there's a huge effort of recruitment of patients to genetic studies. And I will mention three efforts. One is a ROPAD that is managed by Centogene and is mostly outside of the United States. There is PD Generation that is funded by the Parkinson's Foundation in the United States, which both offer genetic results back to patients and we see that both have been able to recruit quite well in spite of COVID. And the third effort is GP2 that is really about analyzing DNA and finding new genes and new risk factors for Parkinson's. And that's an effort that really grew significantly in the past three years. On the interventional component of genetics, in 2019, there was one study of MoosePD by Sanofi. And now we're in 2022 and that study has completed, which is great news that they were able to do study only for GBA carriers with Parkinson's. And the not great news is that the study didn't show the results that they were hoping for. But here in the conference, we hear about other precision medicine studies in uh, specifically in LARC2, antisensolable nucleotides, and uh, small molecules as inhibitors. They were described yesterday in a plenary session about clinical trials. Yeah, well, thank you. That's, that's very good to know. So you'll be talking on the plenary session on how will genetics impact movement disorders management in the clinic. And you'll be talking about, of course, Parkinson's disease. So can you give us a, a gist of what you will be talking about in your session? Sure. So I think in general, Parkinson's disease genetic testing was completely research level 10 years ago. And then we accumulated so much data about the genetics that it's very clear that the people with Parkinson's all over the world want to know if they're carriers or non-carriers. A lot of them want to know. And once they want to know, we need to find a way to give them the data back. And it can absolutely affect the way they're managed. So one thing is if people just want to know why they had this condition, and that's why they want to know their genotype. Another is for people who are interested in clinical trials, they won't be able to participate if we don't let them know their mutation status and integrate them into those clinical trials. And of course, there are more traditional reasons of people who are in family planning stages that we can help them out know what's the risk of their offspring. And probably a common reason to genotype is if people just want to know what's their status and what's their disease progression, because what's their prognosis? Because in all these years of observational studies, we've accumulated a lot of data about 
the rate of progression in office nuclein carriers versus plaquen homozygotes versus LARP2 or GBA. So we're in a different era where the genetic testing has become part of the clinical discussion. And because of all those efforts like PD generation and ROPAD, they're actually available for a lot of people if they want to integrate it into clinical practice. Yeah, so I think you're totally right. They're now in a time when we're talking so much about PD subtypes and biological definitions, and we are working on a task force on this. So how do you see genetic testing help also in coming up with a biological definition of Parkinson's? Right. So I think the genetics are going to help us out further define Parkinson's and understand that the definition is something that will depends who's asking, right? So in many ways, there's going to be good practical use of thinking of Parkinson's as one condition. For example, if you develop drugs that affect the dopamine pathway, and then it really doesn't matter why you develop dopamine deficiency, you need a replacement. And if you want to modify the disease progression and change the course of PD, you want to know if the person in front of you with Parkinson's is alpha-synuclein deposits. And then the genetics and the biomarkers that are also heavily discussed here, the PMCA, the uh, RT quickly aggregation assays may be very helpful to you. And the genetics may be very helpful to you. If one has a GBA mutation or LARC2 mutation, maybe in the future, the intervention would be on one hand to slow down the disease by affecting those pathways. And on the other hand, helping the motor symptoms by treating the dopaminergic deficiency. Great. So thank you, Ryan. I think this was very informative. It gives our listeners an overview of what's happening at the meeting and also in general in the world. So that was great. Is there anything else you would like to add in terms of genetics in PD or more broadly movement disorders at the moment? Sure. So I think we've learned a lot from COVID. And one is that it's much better to see people in person. And we're very happy to be here. But we've also accomplished a lot by telemedicine. And there's a lot of telemedicine and telemeetings resources that have been developed that we should continue. Specifically in the genetic testing and counseling, a lot of this can happen on telemedicine. Great. So, right. thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on the MDS podcast. We've just interviewed Professor Roy Alcalay and discussed the highlights in genetics at the MDS Congress 2022. So thank you all for listening and join us in our upcoming podcasts. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.